Hi I'm Shweta your host for Science with Shweta podcast and before we begin here's a word from our sponsor Now here's a word from our gifting partner the soulstore.com The Soul Store has incredibly cool collection of t-shirts, hoodies and boxers for men and women of your favorite superheroes, films, cartoons and many more. They have really cool collection of accessories like backpacks, badges, mobile covers, mugs and notebooks. Check the soulstore.com today. You're definitely going to love it. And don't forget to use our code to get discount on your shopping. The codes are available in the description. Hello and welcome to Science with Shweta podcast. Today we have a beautiful couple with us, Evelina and Marcin, who also share a common interest that is science. Evelina is currently a PhD candidate at L- at LMU Munich. Marcin is a student of osteopathy that is doctor of osteopathic medicine at Polish Academy of Osteopathy. He also has his own physiotherapy and osteopathy practice in Poland. That's great Marcin. Uh, I'm also excited to have both of you on board uh, since it's the uh, first time I'll be having conversation with a couple who is doing science and since it's a valentines month uh, I want to share a journey of couple who are pursuing their career in steam thank you Evelina and Marcin for joining us thank you for having us here yeah, hello guys and you on and you of course yeah. hi hi yes it's, it's nice to find some some spare time to to share our journey and, mm-hmm. and science with you. Uh, so, Evelina and Marcin, can you uh, please introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. Mm-hmm. So, I will start. Sure. <laughs> so, my name is Evelina, like you mentioned already, and I'm a PhD student at LMU in Munich. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm basically dealing with epigenetics and chemical biology. And what does it mean is um, genetics, itself uh, deals with the DNA and the genes and the expression of those genes while epigenetics mm-hmm. literally means above genetics and it's it's not only dealing with the, the DNA um, as a genetic um, trace of material but also um, we are exactly um, kind of researching why for example all our cells in our body mm-hmm. has the same DNA material, but the different cells express different genes. So, for example, how does the gene of a skin know that it's a it's a, um, it's a cell of the of the skin, or why the, the cell of the eyeball is the cell of the eyeball? So, we are basically trying to to find out how does the differentiation of the of the cell um, happen into different cell types. And this is kind of like a really small and emerging branch of, of genetics. That, that's really interesting because I, I remember we have been learning right from our school <laughs> that different cells uh, have undergo differentiation and have different functions. It's great to know that you are working on something like this. I got really excited about this since my early studies in genetics. So after um, finishing my bachelor's studies, I basically I was looking for a lab which does something to do with epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And I found this one in Munich. And it's been really, really nice. So I studied in the UK before, 
and I moved to, to Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and now I'm going to stick here for a while <laughs> until I finish my uh, my doctoral program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this is how I I, <laughs> I came to the, the situation I'm now. Yeah. yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, so maybe I will start my journey right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm Martin, and I'm from Poland. I'm 26, so as you say before, I'm a student of osteopathy medicine mm-hmm. in Poland, and I'm actually end one of my journey because I'm master of, uh, of physiotherapy, mm-hmm. and now I'm uh, a boss of my own company, uh-huh. which I started one year ago, mm-hmm. a little bit maybe longer, like. I'm proud of it. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. And also I'm working with my uh, my dreams because I'm working with uh, some sports mm-hmm. national team in Luch. So that's, that's who I am right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Uh, like, as you told us, Evelina, you have done your uh, BSc in uh, human genetics. So, uh, like, what was your calling for genetics? Like, I remember uh, I I had to, I had this, like, I have to do something in genetics during my high school. But eventually, uh, when I developed in biology, and I went ahead with it. But was what was your calling for uh, getting into genetics? That's a really interesting question, actually, mm-hmm. because... I originally wanted to be a veterinary medicine um, student mm-hmm. because I, I had horses and dogs uh, always like around me and my house and everything. So I was really interested into animals. And when I was doing my ID in the UK, I was always thinking like I'm going to become a vet med. But then as I was like preparing myself for the final exams, I realized that I could also maybe apply for medicine. Mm-hmm. So I tried to look for some work experience in that field. And to be fair, I kind of, um, I had that experience and I've been to like operation theaters and everything. And then I realized that maybe medicine is not really what I would like to do. And maybe I should actually go more for the science mm-hmm. field. And then, uh, literally really randomly, I looked at the courses available on the university I wanted to go to. And I just looked through some interesting ones and I found this human genetic one and as I was reading about this I thought oh it's pretty interesting but I wasn't still 100% sure if I want to really do it for future mm-hmm. but once I started already in like October um, after first two weeks of lectures I knew that this is really what I would like to do I was getting really excited about this and actually I'm really, really happy I didn't pursue my career in medicine and instead I went for, for a more scientific um, background mm-hmm. because this is what I'm really enjoying. I really like the cutting edge um, kind of nature of, of genetics and the fact that there is so many new things coming up all the time, new papers and publications, new pathways and it's so brand new that it really keeps me excited. And that's right. Re- re- that's the thing about research. You know, we have something very exciting to look forward every day. Yes, exactly. 
coming to you mashin what was uh, like your calling for osteopathy when did you realize that you want to get into medicine yeah so i think it was started in high school because i was i was training uh, at badminton mm-hmm. for 10 years and my father was a, a sports trainer at handball so i was always uh, part of of sport family mm-hmm. so when i have to make a decision about my study after the high school i start to think what should i do in work in the future like because my passion was sport so what i will be doing in 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 the future in my work mm-hmm. so i decide to I, I don't want to be a trainer. I don't want to be a teacher in school. I want to do something. so. I decided to go to the physiotherapy because I I have a contact with some physiotherapists yeah, in my in my career mm-hmm. in my sports time. So I think it would be a great idea to make it happen. And my dream was to go to Olympic games. Oh. So. If I do, if I didn't make it in my sport career as a badminton player, so I decide, okay, I will do this when I will be working with some national teams. So these are my dreams when I, uh, which I made, which I made in the future. So mm-hmm. that's why I started physiotherapy. And on my first year of physio, I did uh, some like course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went to like osteopathic uh, yeah. one. Yeah, and I and I met one of my one of in Poland, uh-huh. and I make my decision to oh my god, he have a <laughs> you realize yeah, yeah he mm-hmm. so much knowledge, and this is something bigger than physiotherapy. Like osteopathy is is like medicine. So mm-hmm. yes, this is this is my road to to make the decision to start the study after That's interesting. Uh, so can you tell us what is osteopathy? Yeah, sure. I will try to, sure. to do this, but it's not the easy way. So, so osteopathy is that free. You know, that is manual therapy. So we're treating by using our hands mm-hmm. as, as osteopathy. We're making a diagnosis also by using only our hands and, of course, using our knowledge. Mm-hmm. Take the holistic whole body treatment. Mm-hmm. So this right. is why is the difference in the medicine and in the physiotherapy because they are uh, usually Perfectly. focused on the on the place when when is some pain. Mm-hmm. And the osteopath is making like mm-hmm. a bigger the whole body, the whole body yeah. thing. So that's why osteopathy, I think it's a little bit... Yeah, so... Yeah, so basically osteopathy uh, focuses on the uh, treating the entire body and not some particular uh, ailment or disease, yeah. if, if that's right. So I, I like to think about the osteopath as like a GP, like a, you know, first call doctor you would come to when mm-hmm. you have a pain somewhere or yeah, migraines, you know, headaches, injuries. 
you go to the SEO pastor and uh, he or she can like, um, you know, consult you and then diagnose and if they can treat you, they will do it in the practice or they can refer you to a further specialist, uh, like a, another Yeah, like someone who is specialist in that area. Okay. So, uh, guys, just uh, curious, uh, you both have uh, different interests in science. So, how did you uh, guys meet? Like, was the science connecting factor between you two? Yeah. <laughs> so that's actually really interesting because we've been studying in completely different countries. Mm-hmm. But originally, we are both from Poland. From the same city. From the same city, even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we never ever met before. And then, uh, some time ago, we... Um, my actually my mom was visiting Martin Mickey's practice as a patient mm-hmm. and it happened that once I went with her just to see because I was really interested interested into what osteopaths like does to your body because I didn't know one before so I went with her and, and then I met Martin oh. <laughs> and then it all started right so that's an so interesting story like a love from the first sight um, connected by science and medicine Oh, that's cute. That's... And of course, all thanks to our, my mother. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting and a cute story. So, uh, <laughs> so coming back to you, Marcin, uh So, you you are a student of uh, DO, that is um, like Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. So, what makes a DO different from MD, which is a medical doctor? Okay. So... Also, it's a hard question because mm-hmm. DO exactly is a different in the in the countries. In USA, you have a DO, and uh, I think it was the MDO, so something like this. Because mm-hmm. there is a doctor of osteopathy, as you say, and the diploma of osteopath. So it's a, a little bit kind of different mm-hmm. because the doctor of osteopathy in USA have the same rights, mm-hmm, right. the same rights as a as a medical doctor, yeah, as a, I don't know, surgeon and something like this. So also they can making a surgery, yeah, mm-hmm. as an osteopath, mm-hmm. and and the diploma of osteopathy in also in USA, uh, they couldn't, they could not do the surgery. So. I think it's like a different. There are two paths basically you can enter yeah. osteopathy. Like the. You go to the medical study. Or you can do more like pure osteopathy science. Mm-hmm. called osteopathic science. So Martin is following the osteopathic science. Yeah, because in Poland, mm-hmm. uh, you, I think it's not only in the Poland, because in the whole Europe, it's the same way, I think. Maybe it's a little bit different in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Because they have an osteopathy in the uh, university in Poland, in the and in the whole Europe, basically there is no uh, studying on at the university as Melina uh, doing at the LMU. So it's a national university, not a private one school. And and osteopathy in the Europe, as in Poland, uh, is a private school. So um, that's why it's a little bit of different. But uh, after that, um, I will be a diploma exactly of osteopath. Mm-hmm. So I'm making the whole things like a doctor, 
yeah, like a GP doctor, mm-hmm. but like a but, it, the, but the difference is I couldn't make. Um, I So uh, different countries uh, like have different uh, rules or rights to which extent an osteopath can practice uh, medicine. Yeah. Like you said, surgery exactly. and yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, also, uh, like um, I have studied here in India, so uh, there are many speculations or misconceptions about uh, BSc, and I often get questioned about my career choices. So, Evelyn, I want to ask you: Have you ever faced anything like that for taking a BSc as your career? I mean, I mean, um, I think in Europe it's like a natural uh, career path. Mm-hmm. So when you finish your baccalaureate and you have pretty decent grades, then you can apply for the university course and you can either do BA in the humanities humanity studies or BSc in, in scientific studies. And to be fair, um, the undergraduate level, mm-hmm. in case of like biology or life science related courses, um, there is a lot of students studying this. So I think because it's so common, it, like, it's not... Um, it's not kind of um, couldn't be uh, like, like a different thing you're doing okay. yeah so it's like yeah. a natural um, course which you take up for your studies yes okay yes so everyone understands what you're doing mm-hmm. and you afterwards you get a salary you know applicable to your skills and ability to acquire to the university mm-hmm. and with the masters it's a bit different so it really depends on what kind of masters you go afterwards right some of them have like um, yeah, higher quality, um, higher regards from other people. Mm-hmm. Some masters are like obviously not as um, recognized abroad or in your own country. And in case of the PhD level um, science, then at least in the UK, in Poland and in Germany, you get quite a lot of recognition. So people know how difficult it is to get into this PhD program. Mm-hmm. Uh, they understand that you really do something nobody else done before. And you are trying to, you know, to help the world, to help the people in future. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, they kind of are really supportive. There is lots of people who actually say maybe that um, scientists also you know, harm animals or something, mm-hmm. depending on the research. Um, but I'm not dealing with, uh, with with animals, so I don't get that problem. I'm dealing with stem cells mostly. And in Germany, the law for the embryonic stem cells is really pretty strict too, so I'm not doing any non-ethical 
different, probably. Maybe if I studied in a different country, it would be different. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think you have uh, made a very important point here. Like uh, you said, uh, people realize uh, the kind of efforts and you get take to get into PhD and the struggle. It's uh, unlike the scenario here because here in India, uh, engineering and uh, medicine are the dominant fields. So taking a BSc or uh, MSc is not a natural course, like you said. So people here, students usually face this uh, you can say kind of criticism for taking up uh, basic sciences or uh, BSc in any subject, no matter what. But I think it's... This is correct, because I think the movement nowadays is that um, medical decisions should be also kind of taken by the scientists in Mm -hmm. a way that medical students, of course, learn human anatomy and all the diseases and how to treat them, how to recognize them, but the real treatments and the drugs and the understanding of the disease behind, you know, the symptoms um, is really researched by scientists. So I think people really are aware of it. And that's why they think we are kind of those heroes behind the scenes of the real medicine which happens in the hospital. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, I think at least from my own experience, we are are really like crazy. And there's no problem. Hopefully, in India, it's going to be a serious time change. Uh, the more people do this, uh, the more kind of recognition we'll, we'll get, I think. Right. Absolutely. I, I too hope that things here change as well so people can uh, proudly take this degree and turn up to be future researchers. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, over to you, Evelina. A PhD is uh, definitely uh, not easy. So, it's not only uh, mentally and physically, but uh, emotionally taxing. So, how do you deal with it? Like, how you keep yourself calm? (laughs) I'm not calm. (laughs) Yes, very often I find myself not calm at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we never ever expect you can never expect basically what happens during your PhD mm-hmm. and how much effort and energy it takes to do it. I mean, you can kind of guess, but once you start, it's completely different to what you imagine. So even when you think it takes a lot of time and stress, and whatever, you're never really ready for it. You can never make yourself ready for this. <laughs> because yeah. it's such a completely different story from like a normal nine to five job or from other, you know, university courses. Mm-hmm. It's really demanding. Um, but at the same time, it's really rewarding because your job is really creative. You you come up with your own ideas, you design your own experiments, you prove your own kind of, you know, hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And this is really something which motivates me and drives me do it so even if something doesn't work i still try to explain to myself that this is one being one step closer to the end line so if i didn't make that mistake i didn't know or if this experiment didn't fail i i wouldn't know that this is gonna so finding a positive in all negative things which happen is really important Mm -hmm. and not putting too much pressure on yourself is also really important because I'm in the big uh, kind of lab where there is like 30 people working. Mm-hmm. Everyone has, has their own um, project. And if you look around, like everyone is working hard and some people get really good results and they publish, you kind of stress yourself out that you should be somewhere 
you know, further down the line uh, than we are. And it's also really important to, like, you know, sit down, come down, and be like, I'm on the good, on the right track, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting there, just slowly. Especially at the beginning, when everyone already knows where everything is. Everyone already knows what the projects are about, and they're really into the topic, and they read a lot, and then you start. And you're a first person, right? You don't have that much knowledge. Yeah. You don't know how to perform half of the, you know, topical experiments. Yes. So this is really, really important to kind of every day from time to time, um, kind of think, where are you? Like if you're at the beginning of your journey, if you're not expected to know everything from the, you know, first day of your program. Um, so this, this really like, makes me to work on myself and I think personal development is something which really goes along with mm. PhD. So apart from the science, the science is performing, you also need to work on your character on yourself. Um, but there is so many also techniques like yoga, meditation. I also treat uh, social media as a way of just kind of taking my mind away from from uh, from the science and from the you know hard mm-hmm. hard life I have in the lab. Um, and it's also rewarding. So this um, together with four. Yeah, this is the heart for Evelina because she's a perfect everything. <laughs> uh-huh. So for her, when she started PhD in this year, <laughs> and she think like. She must know everything mm-hmm. at the start. thinking about Yes, and then I get frustrated obviously, and then I tell Martin, oh my God, it's not going to work. Like, I can't do PhD anymore. He, he's really supportive, and she also understands that PhD is really difficult process. Mm-hmm. This is really important. So, being together from the science field, which requires a lot of studying, really makes us easy because we can study together and if we have a Saturday like today, for example, when apart from doing podcast, we will also study a lot for, for, for the exams or for the new, new research projects, mm-hmm. uh, we can just do this together. Obviously, we have different fields, but they're as demanding together um, as, as, um, as they can be. So, yeah, this, this is really helping me, being in a relationship with someone who really understands as well as I, I kind of learned a lot of um, medical uh, details mm-hmm. um, and I try to learn more about human anatomy and um, just because with you when we have a conversation and even Sometimes we will talk about um, some interesting cases of mm-hmm. like human disease, and we both have completely different experiences with them. So, for example, I will know the molecular background of the disease, and I will know the maybe modern ways of um, restricting the disease. And then Marching will know this from his personal experience with the patient. So we can exchange the ideas, and we can kind of learn from each other, uh, and it's really cool. That's amazing. <laughs> you you have uh, you have given so much. Uh, you know, like um, you have said that 
support is really important no matter what you do whether it's your family or your loved one or your partner you need support to keep going in life because and i think you have said something very important that uh, you have to believe in yourself because yeah it hits you some point that you don't know anything and you can't do it anymore but that's the time you have to believe in yourself and i think it's really important to have someone who understands and support you right of course of course this is really important mm-hmm. and I think for me also moving countries uh, was a big change because I had that you know group of friends and the university I knew in Nottingham as you probably have in India mm-hmm. and then you will go abroad you will mm-hmm. go to Europe for example to to be with PhD and then you realize you have to kind of create your life yeah that you're around that you have to create your life from scratch again that you right. have to make new friends that you have to maybe let go of the friends who are like so far away. That you can talk to them only maybe once a month, and your contact is not really that intense as it was before. Mm-hmm. And this is also kind of life changing because we prioritize things. We prioritize certain relationships over others, and it really kind of happens the opposite. Uh, because apart from being like this big ball of stressful unknown, you have to also be open and. Smile and get to know other people because otherwise it's just going to be a environment. There are big stresses, big lots of variables <laughs> coming into the, the situation, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have a supportive family, that's brilliant. But it doesn't mean that if you don't have a supportive family, you can't find people who are like-minded somewhere abroad. Because the, the good thing about moving somewhere else is like, yeah, you start from fresh. So it's up to you who you get to know, who you get to go out with. And you know how do you find a group of friends you you speak to? And yeah, this is this is really cool thing. I think I kind of benefit from that because you kind of get to know yourself also when you try to meet other people with different different experiences. Right. Uh, so I understand it's tough, but then how do you guys uh, manage long distance relationship? I I know it must have been difficult, but uh, how did you come up with the decision? That uh, you'll move down to uh, Munich for your PhD, and he'll be staying over here. Yeah, I think I made the right choice. So, in my opinion, is like we shouldn't force each other to live in different countries or live under different conditions just because the other half, you know, wants to be somewhere else. We mm-hmm. shouldn't limit each other, and because we are kind of career-driven people, both of us. Now, so we don't want to limit each other. And since I wanted to do my PhD, and I found like this lovely group I really wanted to join in Munich, mm-hmm. and he had his practice in Poland. Um, we didn't want to kind of none of us wanted to resign from from our dreams um, and our like career, um, just for the sake of living together because our Monday to Friday life is. So busy with work, like twelve <laughs> hours of working and yeah. study, and then we come home mm-hmm. and we would see each other only, you know, in bed basically, and maybe have a morning tea together, and that that would be it. So it wasn't that important to live together on daily basis. As for us, it's important to spend weekends together, to go uh, hiking together, to go on holidays together. In current situation. I make a good living in Germany while Martin is making good living in Poland. Mm-hmm. So we could both kind of yeah 
benefits and just go on trips together and support each other through like conversations and daily basis. But our life is so busy during the week that it's you know it's not that tough. If we were at home, then you get bored and you miss someone, mm-hmm. and you know it, it makes the situation a whole lot worse. But because we are so busy, I don't think it's actually impactful like that. And I think it, this is how are you thinking about the relation, long distance relationship? Mm-hmm. Because Vena uh, is on her PhD study, for I hope so it will make uh, in three years. Maybe. Yeah, three to four years. Yeah, three to four years. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the same situation because I'm ending my osteopathic study like in three years. So it's the same, it's the same time. So I think our way to thinking that if we made it, if we can make it to, make three, it, yeah. make it to three years, mm-hmm. uh, so after that, we can decide where we want to live together. So we are making this for our better future. So that's why why we are focused now on this goal. So the long distance, exactly in 21st of century, it's not exactly like long distance. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I, yeah, I can take my car and be in it like in six hours. Absolutely, and I think you, uh, both of you, are truly an uh, inspiration for uh, other people who, other couples who are uh, doing their career, because uh, it's really important that you support your partner in whatever he does. And I think, like you said, trust and believe uh, makes all things easier. So, uh, if if you have your partner support, you can just get through. If no matter it is three years or how long it takes, because you have someone having your back. Exactly, and this is really important. Mm-hmm. And you can support each other on daily basis, on you know, on phone, really effectively. So, for example, we even study together in a way that I'll have my desk full of books and, and notes, and marching like you know, seven hundred kilometers away, he'll have his own desk, and we just you know, Skype call, and we study together. So. You know, at the back of of, um, of my computer, I see him studying, and it's kind of nicer that we can sometimes exchange, you know, a couple of sentences mm-hmm. within just like you know study sessions, and this is really really good uh, because we don't get distracted that much, and yeah, we can still 
<laughs> right and uh, Martin uh, actually rightly said that in 21st century it's more easier to uh, stay connected because you have Skype you can video call or you can just text and yeah. things have become easy now If we have any advice for for long distance couples, like it's normally on temporary, um, and even if it is, just just get yourself busy with as much stuff as as you can mm-hmm. <laughs> to survive it. And you know the end line is the reward that you can have the life you wanted with the person you really love. Um, you know under the circumstances you you waited for and you worked so hard. So. That will be the reward. So, coming back to uh, osteopathy, uh, what are uh, certain conditions where osteopathy can provide relief or treatment? Like, are there any particular uh, situations where you have to visit an uh, osteopath? Like, any particular kind of injury you have and you need to see an osteopath? So, so, uh, maybe I will start like, in my, in my office, mm-hmm. I have patients in the, in any age? Yeah, in any age, like, the youngest, the youngest uh, children which I had, mm-hmm. it was a boy, mm-hmm. yeah, it, had, it was a boy and he had like one week. One week old. Yeah, one, one week, week old. Oh. And my, the oldest one was like 90 years. So basically... The whole spectrum of age. Spectrum of age. That's, <laughs> that's what is my knowledge. And the injury like starts with the muscle pain, the bone pain, the articular, something, some problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also like more more complicated stuff because like back pain chronic pain yeah yeah. chronic pain and pain with your back Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. basically it could be something more behind this pain because it also could be problem with your stomach uh, some neurological problem so it's a a big spectrum of yeah, headache, back pain, neck pain, uh, some neuralgia. Mm-hmm. Then you can go from go for elbow. Uh, some some kind of pregnancy mode. Yeah, pregnancy mode because yeah, this is the funny because the pregnancy is the best uh, because they have a pain mm-hmm. basically with her uh, back pain. Yeah, pregnancy moves and uh, uh, like the kind of medicine, in classical medicine, like just use with the pharmacology. Yeah, and they couldn't do anything because when you are in pregnancy, you could do nothing. You can't take any drugs, for example. Right. Yeah. So, is the best way to help these people, and uh, the women are really grateful for for helping them. So, yeah, pregnancy pain. Yeah. 
you know, they're like hyperactive. This is really interesting. Sometimes all these psychological behaviors mm -hmm. are actually connected to sensations in like muscles or like It does. <laughs> It's something different which uh, I'm hearing because uh, uh, what we hear is do that, do transfers and take care of yourselves and your cultures. It's something exciting to learn. But uh, having, yeah, exactly. <laughs> having said this, uh, osteopathy, uh, drug-free treatment or is it just a myth? Is it completely drug-free? Yeah. That's not how we say before. Uh, in my in my study and in my country mm -hmm. and I think the more most of the world, the osteopathy is completely drug free. So because we don't have the right to prescribe, to, yeah, to prescribe the, the drugs, and this is the good for us that uh, that we don't have this right because in the USA. Before they had that right, there was the only drug-free osteopathy, and nowadays, and now they they made a decision to make the specialization on classical medical, mm -hmm. and the osteopathy, the osteopathy can make okay. the drugs, but only in the USA. Uh, okay. So, but but that was kill basically osteopathy in the USA, I think, because when coming to my office, I, I'm using my hand to help him mm -hmm. with the same way, uh, like, uh, for example, yeah, for example, I would say what I mean, to, like, you came to my office and you have a headache mm -hmm. or back pain, like osteopathy, In USA, can you give you a osteopath? In USA, can you give you a drug? Mm -hmm. And maybe that that way will help you. But you came to my office, and I made it the same way, the same goal, but only using my hand and without a prescription. Without a prescription, but taking problem. Oh yeah, and you know every drug has a side effect, right? Yeah. Right, right. So uh, with the with the manual therapy, you don't get the side effect because you don't take anything. So, so we 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 reach the we reach the same goal, but in a different way. So that's what I mean. The the right to make a description kill the osteopathy, basically. Either. Because they try to get it easier, and yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, when you don't have to use your hand and your power and your muscle to make it better for people, mm -hmm. it's easier to give you a prescription, prescription for a drug. Yeah. And the 
I think but this is yeah, a really advertise. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think this is great because if you can treat someone without uh, making use of any drugs it's the health you can say it's a better way and healthier way to restore what it was because we all know that uh, the side effects of the drug and particularly the increasing problem of resistance Exactly, exactly. So people don't get like resistant to like painkillers, for example, right? Because the brain is not used to mm. painkillers. And also, like like Martin mentioned, patients who are not advised to take any drugs, for example, pregnant females or like a week old or something year old or your person, they you know shouldn't really take medications if it's not really really needed. So having someone who can treat you without drugs is probably really useful. Yeah, yeah. Any time we'd yeah. love to do something like that if you are not given any drugs. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely interesting because just as uh, Martin mentioned, uh, you just uh, you know you touch the patient's ankle and you you can tell that that he has some problem with it. It's amazing. It's more it's more like a magic, and I can imagine the kind of training and hard work he has to put into this to be able to do this in future it's amazing yeah yeah like <laughs> definitely i see it as a person you know from the outside of of his uh, career and I, i have to say like he studies a lot it's constantly like you know going to the courses or going to some workshops or you know studying practicing mm-hmm. in the meantime he's taking patients into his office and treating them so it's a lot of work right so uh, <laughs> yes it is definitely uh, so evelina you're a engaged psychomer and a motivator so uh, how did you get into science communication and why do you think it is important to communicate science well, that's a good question mm-hmm. so about a year ago actually i opened my my blog mm-hmm. science And to be fair, this idea of becoming a science communicator was with me for years, absolutely for like maybe five years. And I always had it at the back of my mind, but as it like always did it, I make no excuses. So for example, I don't know enough, or I'm not ready for this, or I don't have time for this, and etc. etc. And one day, I just read one of the like self-development um, motivational books. And there was a line saying, like, if you don't start now, you may as well just never start. And this kind of was like a seed, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which uh, which I planted in my head, and I started actually, I started doing a little thing. So I was, you know, I choose the address on my website, and I wrote the first couple of blog posts without publishing them, just to show them to my friends and and ask them if if it reads well and if they they. they like the topic and I really wanted to share science because whenever I was around my friends who were in the science ones or around my family mm-hmm. and I've been talking about something I learned at uni or, or at school or from, from in the book they, were, they always seem to be interested and they ask questions and I thought okay this means that people are actually really interested in science it's just the difficulty of it 
makes people to not really follow the topic. And probably that's why there's so many misconceptions about scientists being like evil, you know, engineers or, you know, creating designer babies or that GMO is really bad for you and, you know, that the microwave can kill you and all other things. It's, and all those misconceptions are probably caused by the fact that people fear what they don't know. And that was the basic idea of, and, and basic kind of drive for me of, of starting the, the blog. Um, I spent lots of time like thinking whether I want to have a normal writing blog or whether I want to do it on social media only. So it started with the blog and then it kind of moved towards Instagram also. And then when I um, started posting some more science because on my profile, I realized there's so many other people who do exactly the same thing, which I, I didn't realize they were like around, right? And then I connected with them and together we actually achieved like my uh, my project, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, what you do, Shepa. And it's super cool to get to know people who are into science, who are more kind of verbal about this. Mm-hmm. And also it shows to general public that we're just normal people. We have families, we also have, you know, dogs and, and wherever else we have life, we go to restaurants, um, you know, we like the same type of music as everyone else. We are not so close in the lab anymore. We are more like, you know, like open people. And I think this is really important uh, in kind of breaking the barrier between scientists and general public. I think for years and years, scientists maybe not... Um, intentionally, but mm-hmm. they build a massive wall between themselves and the rest of the population. Probably because, you know, they, they're they experts in their field, they're really intelligent people, and they maybe they thought that whatever they create, it's not really of interest of anyone else. But it changes now, which I'm really happy about, that we can, we can share our science, our research with everyone on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and people are reading about this, and they're like, oh, this is so cool, you do uh, research on, you know, on cancer, oh, this is so great, I do research on on epidemiotics. And um, I think this is what we really need in order to to exceed, to, you know, perform better, people need to trust us. So even if we make nothing recoveries or invent things which are amazing, like, you know, like some kind of drugs which are we never thought of before. Mm-hmm. Between the things happening in the lab and the things that are actually, you know, delivered to people, there is a massive gap because people need to trust you. Uh, the, you know, trials need to, need to happen. Some people need to sign for the trials. And this is what really, like, opens the, 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 the you know, big doors <laughs> to the scientists that we can actually reach people online. Um, and yeah, I think I think that was the biggest kind of motivation for me. Mm-hmm. And because I'm kind of a motivational person anyway, like even in the lab, I would just go in and smile and chat to people, try to help them with their problems. And I'm really kind of energetic. I wanted to combine it with, with the motivational, um, motivational side. Also. Mm-hmm. So science and motivation, I think it can all go really well <laughs> together. And I really enjoy posting. Since I started PhD, I'm unfortunately I haven't posted that much as you know <laughs> as probably visible. But I will try to post you know these things. It's just because it takes time for me to to get into this, this new kind of life. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, try to organize my uh, my everything I can. Because when you're undergraduate, you seem to have a bit more time in during the day. So you can days. actually write, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of ideas, and etc. When you're in the lab, uh, from early morning to late afternoon, uh, you have to write your notes afterwards in the evening when you're ready to retire. So mm-hmm. it's a bit different for me. I'm still working, uh, but it's still yeah, it's still really in my in my future plans to kind of you have said it very well and uh, hopefully listening to you more people will be uh, motivated to start communicating science because uh, we do need to start it on a large scale and like you said then we'll be able to bridge this gap between stem and the people who are not aware about this of course so uh, what is your favorite uh, get away from work because i know it's time you might be getting bored sometimes so What is the one thing you guys enjoy doing together? We are both total mountain freaks. Mm-hmm. So we love hiking <laughs> and sport food. Yeah. So we try to spend as much time as possible uh, doing some some activities outside, preferably uh, around mountains. We just love to look at them, and it's so kind of inspiring and so you know taking your mind off. Because when you're on mountains, you actually realize how small you are and how, you know, mm-hmm. how kind of big the nature and and everything is around you. So your life seems to be not such a such a big hurdle anymore. And so this is really um, something we like to do. Of course, if we don't have time or the weather is not suitable, we will even do like yoga indoors mm-hmm. or you know. Um, Mind at all because we still are busy with thinking about work. 
do something which will keep you so occupied that you can't even think about work. And this is <laughs> this is really really um, like relaxing and yeah, <laughs> something which you. So, but uh, when you're together, who uh, keeps talking about science? Really <laughs> <laughs> not. I'm sure it's really not. Thing is, um, I would yeah, I would talk about science. In turn, Martin will always talk about business. He always finds yeah, he always finds a way of connecting whatever happens around us with his own business and to grow into that. guys are kz nystat fans but uh, if given a chance which uh, three youtubers you would like to party with apart from kz nystat <laughs> 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 destination where you would like to travel together Yeah, and I think we can share our dreams project about the bus. 
that's that's amazing so uh marchin uh, you have one thing what's the one thing you like about evelina and you would like to share with us <laughs> <laughs> about him and you'd like to share with us I think mm, I think Martin is the kind of person that he he, he has this chosen approach this like let's go approach where I have a lot of ideas but I always think about them I also to be super ready to start something I need to have everything like you know like a perfectionist I need to have everything planned out mm-hmm. and it all needs to be as I you know as I imagined uh, which leads to the situation that I have so many ideas which weren't ever fulfilled or done just because I didn't think I'm, I'm ready for this while marching is this kind of person yeah let's do it let's, let's start now <laughs> <laughs> and this really um helps me to kind of fulfill the dream mm-hmm. 
and helped me to get the support from another person who, like, sometimes I just need someone to tell me, yes, let's, let's do it, let's mm-hmm. do it now. And I think everything we do in our in our relationships and in our, like, um, private life, as well as in the career, is based on the fact that I'm the one who will have an idea but who kind of never feels confident about this. Mm-hmm. And then he will kind of push me towards actually starting starting to do something and it's really it's been really useful and also it makes me feel that uh, yeah i'm really loved and supported and yeah this is, this is, this is how it, it was happening with our instagram mm-hmm. basically about polish fun couple because i said okay maybe we should start uh, an instagram account mm-hmm. and then i was like Oh my God! I don't know how it should look like. Maybe <laughs> how the how the photo. What we gonna post it there? And maybe we should put it some color. Or what we gonna write? <laughs> okay, I love your that account, by the way. It's- It's it's beautiful. It has so beautiful images of both of you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Nice. It kind of like yeah, it develops as we go. So we don't have this like big massive plan and what do we write and whatever else. Like it kind of grows with us. So whenever we experience something uh, interesting, then we're like, yeah, we will just write mm-hmm. about it. So like, you know, and I think this is really good. So. I kind of with marching. I learned not to plan everything ahead um, because this planning puts a lot of pressure on me, mm-hmm. and yeah, I never end up actually doing any of the work. While with marching, I am more like yeah, let's do it first. Mm-hmm. It's just really important. Right. So, uh, any suggestions or advice you would like to give to our listeners who are interested in your career path, or maybe in general, any advice? I would say that now is the perfect time to enter a scientific career for women because it's a time of change in, I think, any country on different levels. I'm hoping even India is slowly moving forward. So if you're a woman interested in science, yeah, just, just do it. And if you need any kind of support and you don't get to you know, uh, from people around you, just, just go on social media and you will find them there. And yeah, I would just say, don't think that you're not good enough. Like, never think that way. Because this taught me from so many other things I could do in my life. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, I kind of learned the hard way to believe in myself. So never ever think that you're not good enough. Because if you look at the people who you're planning to or what you dream about they're not you know 100 times better than you yeah they're they, the same people yeah, they're, they, they have two hands like mm-hmm. one head and even if they are more experienced you will get experience too so there's always some space for you even in the most competitive field if you have the drive just just go for it mm-hmm. just shut up and drive <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, do you have any uh, any advice for teachers about 
just close your door, take your books, and start learning everything that you need to learn to be a good astronaut. It's a lot, lot of... Okay, so you may think that you're not going to do it mm-hmm. it's too hard. Yeah. But once you, once you do it, like... But if you want, you have to be motivated to go forward. Go yeah. forward. If you're ready to sacrifice time and effort, you can and do it. Of course, maybe for a future part and the student, you have to be patient. Yeah, really right. patient. Right. The experience will come, will come with a, after made a hundred of patients. Mm-hmm. And your hands then will start to feel what is going on in body. Mm-hmm. So really, really patient in that way. Right. Yeah, I think that will also differ with us. Martin is really patient and I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is really something. Uh, something we're going to play from each other. Yeah, yeah, you're the patient one, definitely. I'm the one like, oh yeah, if something doesn't work, I just like throw it and like, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, I want to try it straight away. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. really very few people who share a similar interest and passion although both of you come from different science fields both of you have so much love and passion not only for each other but for science and it's amazing you guys are full of energy and so much positivity and just like you say you're definitely a power couple thank you so much it was a pleasure to talk to you yeah and i hope we hope that we could um, kind of inspire people and couples to go for the dream because this is what it's all about whether it's a relationship or career mm-hmm. just, just go for your dream never give up absolutely and i'm i'm sure that listening to your listening to your journey people will definitely be inspired and it's amazing the way you both support each other thanks 
thank you thank you so much for for sharing your journey with all of us and wish you guys all the best for your future also thank you so much for asking great questions some of them we really didn't expect them tonight to to hear what someone could could really ask us about so it's been it's been pleasure and we also wish you all the best especially in your business application so hopefully we can see each other in europe Sometimes, or in India during our travels. Yeah, looking forward to meet you. I may be in Europe or India. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See you soon and good luck. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. If you need any kind of assistance or you would like to connect with Evelina or Marcin, you can find their individual handle and the couple handle in the show notes. Please don't hesitate to contact them. They will be more than happy to help you out. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, do you want to learn or improve your English? Here is a app for you. Utter app helps you learn English while chatting and improve your listening, understanding and speaking. Utter has 200 plus basic, intermediate and advanced English conversation topics and 100 plus grammar tests and exercises. It also has complete grammar curriculum for better sentence construction, translation in common Indian languages and a clickable dictionary plus it is very simple to use. You can start conversing with chatbots and live tutors for just 10 to 15 minutes a day. With Utter app you will be able to improve your English conversation skills. Utter will help you in speaking in casual and professional scenarios. So, download Utter app now and use code utter25 to avail 25% discount on premium membership.